On today's episode, Luke Richardson, of course, the new head coach of the Blackhawks, spoke with the media on Friday and provided just some great insight on the state of the team and some expectations for next season. I'll get into all of the good stuff from Richardson's presser, then I'll move into some updates on restricted free agents Caleb Jones and Philip Kurashev, and then to wrap things up, per usual, to start off the week will be our Mailbag Monday fan segment. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Monday, July 18th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, then please be sure to go and show some support first by following the podcast, which will only take a quick couple of seconds, literally just a quick click of the button will be helping me out tremendously. Be sure to go and leave the show five stars if you like what you're hearing today as well. And if you're tuning in through Apple Podcasts or through Spotify, then feel free to go and leave me a review as well because I always greatly appreciate getting feedback from all you tremendous listeners out there. If you're a regular listener of the show, if you like what you're hearing on a daily basis, be sure to go and rate five stars and leave me a review. I would greatly appreciate it. And the best part about it all is that it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. It's all going to be 100% for free. And if you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And if you're not already watching the video version of today's episode, then be sure to go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube, folks, because each and every episode moving forward I've been harping on this for a while now, so I don't know how anyone out there hasn't gotten the memo as of yet, but for those of you who still haven't, each and every episode moving forward through the rest of the summer into training camp later on this fall is going to have a video attached to it as well. So if you haven't done so yet, please go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. It would, I would greatly appreciate it to say the least. I'm really trying to grow the numbers. I've been getting tremendous support lately. I'm so grateful for each and every one of you. Uh, but if you haven't subscribed yet, please go and help me out. It takes one second. Please go and head on over to the channel and do so. Also, go and smash the like button down below on this video for me and comment how you are feeling about the Blackhawks with Luke Richardson as their new head coach. He's spoken with the media a couple of times now. I'm curious to hear how all of you feel about Luke Richardson so far. And last, go and turn on the notifications, ring that bell, so you can be notified when an episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right, good afternoon, everyone. Thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thank you all for making the show your first listen here to start off your week. Hope everyone had a tremendous weekend. I was down in the city for most of it after uh, going to Blackhawks development camp down at Fifth Third Arena. It was a long week free agency right after the NHL draft and all the trades the Blackhawks have made. It's been a, a chaotic last couple of weeks for myself personally. So 
uh, got away from all of it after things kind of unwinded once development camp finished up on Friday and spent some time with some friends who I haven't seen in a while. Uh, threw back a couple beers on Saturday night. It was a good time. So I hope you all enjoyed your weekends just as much as I did. But to open things up here on the show this morning, I wanted to begin by talking for a quick moment about Luke Richardson's press conference on Friday, which was held at Fifth Third Arena while the Hawks were wrapping up their prospect development camp. Um, and I mentioned we've now heard Richardson talk to the media a couple of times since being announced as the new head coach of the Blackhawks. And in this press conference, there were a couple of noteworthy things that stuck out to me or serve as important things to note for the upcoming season for the Blackhawks. The first was that Richardson finally spoke with Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane. He finally got to introduce himself to them. Uh, they got to have a dialogue about how they're feeling about the changes, the direction of the franchise, how they're feeling about all of it. Uh, an important conversation that needed to be had as soon as possible. And we heard Richardson say in his introductory presser that that's really going to be his first order of business is he wants to get to know those guys, wants to, you know, un like let them know that that open communication is always going to be here and um, just kind of get their feelings about this and, and whatnot. Um, but Richardson did say that the meetings went particularly well. Um, he didn't, give out much context or anything, but um, he said that they were very positive meetings and that um, both Taves and Kane uh, appreciated the open communication and are actually looking forward to that uh, throughout this last season. I guess, you know, regardless of what's going to happen, at least there is going to be that open dialogue and there doesn't seem like there's going to be any surprises on either end, which I think is important when you're dealing with two franchise icons like Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. Uh, but he said they're both motivated. They're both motivated and driven was the, the word that he used to uh, both, you know, have good personal seasons. And also, you know, obviously they know what's happening with the team and they know what the front office is trying to do here. But at the end of the day, they still have to go out there and compete for a full 82 game season. And they're not just going to hand it to the opponent night in and night out. You know, they're trying to, they're kind of trying to use this as motivation, what the Blackhawks have been doing and push themselves to have both, them and the team have positive seasons, which I know is going to be very hard to do. But uh, at the same time, what kind of mentality do you expect them to have? Again, they're not just going to hand it and mail it into the opponents. You know, these are two fiery guys who, um, until these past couple of years, played on contenders year in and, and year out. So wouldn't expect anything else from them. But it, it was, I thought, really good to hear that both of these two ha had that type of interaction with Luke Richardson kind of appreciated the open communication and also, you know, are kind of playing with a chip on their shoulder coming into next season. So um, sounds again, like both Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane are going to be a part of the Blackhawks roster come opening night could potentially be setting up for a farewell tour as uh, it seems at least pretty likely at this point that they're, they're going to be moved at the deadline. It just seems like it's going to be tough to get a deal done for both of them. I will say, um, Kyle Davidson has, though, emphasized, you know, you can't just have all young guys around the team. You know, you need to have some veterans in there to kind of guide them along the process. So he still values Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane here in Chicago. I just think the cap availability that moving one of them, at least, will, will give the franchise moving forward. I think that's something that Kyle Davidson really wants to have as he embarks on this journey through the next couple of years. But uh, at least all good signs that um, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves aren't going anywhere, at least 
uh, before the start of the season. The second thing that Richardson talked about in his presser on Friday was um, the Blackhawks going back to a zone coverage in the defensive zone for next season. And um, for the Blackhawks, it's been a huge issue. that They ran zone under Jeremy Carlton with success forever, of course. Uh, and then Jeremy Carlton comes in, and what he was running in the SHL was this man-to-man defensive zone coverage that on smaller ice, I think a really insightful thing was when Duncan Keith was on the Spit and Chicklets podcast, he actually talked about this and talked about kind of some of his issues with it. It was kind of weird how that was happening at the time. You know, he was obviously playing for Jeremy, but he kind of still voiced his uh, frustrations with the zone system or the man-to-man system that they were running in the D zone. It was just so hard to do on the bigger sheet over here in the NHL. And it always seemed like the Blackhawks were playing behind the eight ball. They were chasing the opposing team around. They were the ones controlling the puck for a lot of the game. The Blackhawks spent a lot of time in their own zone. They were usually getting outshot, outchanced on a regular basis. That didn't just happen this season. That happened throughout most of Jeremy Colleton's tenure as Blackhawks head coach. The Blackhawks just never had success running that man-to-man system. There was always confusion and breakdowns, and it never really worked. And once Jeremy Colleton was relieved of his duties, Derek King came in and he didn't want to change things up on the fly in the middle of the season. Now, he, he still made his tweaks, but all in all, the Blackhawks were basically still running Jeremy Colleton's system under Derek King's helm. So now Luke Richardson is coming in, and he has officially announced that the team is going to be go, uh, moving back to zone coverage for next season. And I think that is really the right call for this young, rebuilding team. And that's that's what Luke mentioned during this presser. He just felt, with this group, I think it's the right thing, you know. And teams do run man-to-man in the NHL. There are some teams that do that, but in order to have success with it, you got to be a really fast, good, puck-moving team. And the Blackhawks, you watched them throughout the past couple of years. Their passing has been atrocious, and they haven't had a whole lot of speed up and down their lineup. So it just made things more difficult getting back and playing solid, structured defense in their own zone. And moving to zone allows for that structure. It allows guys to know where they're going to be at all times, I think. There should be a whole lot less confusion between players and who they're going to take up high and all that stuff. So all in all, I I am thrilled to hear that the Blackhawks are going back to zone coverage for next season. It's something that's very overtime and overdue. Um, So it it was much needed. I think a lot of Blackhawks fans have been screaming to go back to a zone defense for years. It just never worked, like I said, under Jeremy Colleton. So Uh, That's what the Blackhawks are going to be doing in in terms of their defensive zone coverage for next season. In terms of offense, Luke Richardson basically said it's a hands-off approach. He's going to allow the players to go out there and be creative. You know, you're not really going to be telling Patrick Kane how to get the job done offensively like he's done that throughout his whole career, and Richardson recognizes that. So he's not really worried about what they're doing offensively, obviously moving the puck well and, you know, being creative and maneuvering effectively, he's going to have his hands on that. It's not like he's going to completely just throw that aside, but he's just more so controlling how the Blackhawks are going to get their puck back when they don't have it, and that's by playing a structured and strict and tight defensive uh, zone coverage. So 
really excited to hear that the Blackhawks are going to be moving back to zone for next season, something that absolutely needed to happen, I think, with the team that they have. And hopefully it'll lead to uh, a whole lot more success. I don't know if we're going to see immediate results of that zone coverage given the Blackhawks roster next season. But later on in the rebuild, hopefully they'll be able to get back to playing sound defense in their own zone like they were throughout the dynasty era under Joel Quenville's lead when they were running zone as well. All right, that takes care of Luke Richardson's plans for the defensive zone coverage next season. Coming up in just a moment, I will get into the latest news on restricted free agents Caleb Jones and Philip Kurashev. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bet Online. It's that time of the year again, folks. As baseball season has officially taken over for the summer, and Bet Online has way more odds and info from game scores, totals, player performance props, to who the next fired manager is going to be, regardless of what you want to bet on, Bet Online remains the number one spot for all sports betting here in 2022. It's not just baseball. From esports, golf, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet Online is both the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports in Vegas casino games. Bet online, where the game begins. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Real quick, before I get into segment two, I wanted to let you all know that starting on July 18th, which is actually today, the Lockdown Podcast Network gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. Which NFL stars move the betting line the most? Be sure to tune into Lockdown NHL wherever you get your podcasts or check it out on YouTube starting today, July 18th to find out. All right, moving on into segment two. I also wanted to be sure to provide a couple of updates on Philip Kurashev and Caleb Jones, who, of course, were the only restricted free agents to receive qualifying offers from the Blackhawks last week. And actually, when Kyle Davidson last spoke with the media, he he talked with uh, them on Friday as well, along with Richardson. Uh, Davidson mentioned that taking care of Kurashev and Jones' contracts are basically the next order of business for the organization. And when he said that, um, I think it's pretty clear at this point the Blackhawks aren't going to be too much more active on the free agent market. Not to say that you know, a move or two still can't happen. Um, but it, it sounds like at least they want to make sure they know where they're at financially with Kurashev and Caleb Jones before going and spending more money out on the market. So that's the next order of business for the Blackhawks organization is finalizing Philip Kurashev and Caleb Jones contracts. And as of earlier this morning, we know that neither Kurashev nor Jones will be heading to arbitration. Kershev actually wasn't eligible for arbitration, but Caleb Jones will not be settling his contract negotiations in court, which is always a pretty good sign that something's, you know, probably on the cusp. We can expect something to come finalized in the next couple of days. I would expect either tomorrow or Wednesday, I'm guessing, we'll hear uh, something official in terms of the contracts and all that stuff for both of those two. Uh, but in terms of what they actually could be getting, I, I want to do of have an open discussion on this uh, because I, I really don't know an official number that either Kurashev or Jones could be getting from the Blackhawks, but I did kind of want to go through their cap friendly in particular and 
kind of have an expectation. I didn't go through the entire list of restricted free agents and seeing what each of them are getting. Um, probably would have been the smarter way to do it, but also would have taken a whole lot of time as well. Um, but first for Kurashev, kind of taking a look at the Blackhawks, how they have these contracts and what they've given out recently. Um, Sam Lafferty got $1.15 million. I think that's a really good value deal for the Blackhawks. Kind of some other comparisons here between um, bottom six guys. I know Kurashev maybe have maybe has more potential than some of these players, but at the same time, he, he really hasn't showed it on a regular basis yet. So I don't think he's going to be commanding too much money. Uh, Colin Blackwell just got $1.2 million, and I think he's honestly a bit more established of an NHLer than Philip Kershev is at this point. So if I had to guess for Kershev, I think something right around the million-dollar mark would get the job done. Maybe he gets the benefit of the doubt and gets something closer to 1.5, but I, I really can't, seeing, can't see him commanding too much from the Blackhawks here as an RFA. Uh, I forget exactly what his numbers were this past season, but I'm going to pull them up right now. He, Like I said, he had his spurts, but the consistency wasn't there for the full – how many games did he play? He played – 67 of the 82 games for the Blackhawks this season, 21 points, six goals, 15 assists. And it seemed like, you know, he'd go on a good three or four game stint. He'd be productive. And then the next 15 games, he'd do absolutely nothing. So I, I really can't see Philip Kershev commanding all that much. I know he is over the 100 game mark, but 16 points in 54 games as a rookie last year. And then 21 points in 67 games this year. Yeah, right around a million dollars is what I would be expecting. Uh, for Ker Philip Kershev when his con contract gets announced here in the next couple of days. Uh, as for Caleb Jones, though, he has a little bit more of an interesting scenario because although he only played in, well, what did he play in last year? Played in 51 games for the Blackhawks. He did put up 15 points and also tied all defensemen on the team in goals, tied his brother Seth, actually, uh, for the team leading goals among defensemen with five. So um, I, I wonder if maybe Jones gets a little bit more Honestly, because he he did put up some really good numbers and a little bit of action. What did he make last year? This is a really really good question. Made eight hundred fifty thousand last year. I don't know if he did enough to double that. One point four one point five million for Caleb Jones would sound just about right. What is Riley Stillman getting? Riley Stillman's making one point three five million dollars right now. Caleb Jones is probably better than he is. If I had if I had to pick one, I'm probably picking Caleb Jones. They're the same age. Caleb's a little bit older. I think that 1.35, 1.4, 1.5 million, that's right in the ballpark of what Caleb Jones is going to get. So in total, this isn't really going to cost the Blackhawks all that much to bring these two back, which is probably why they're doing so. Um, but also... Uh, I, I do think they want to at least be considerate of what's going on because they don't have the most cap flexibility right now, especially after Duncan Keith's uh, recapture penalty is going to be on their books. They got $10.5 million worth of cap space right now. So they do bring these bring these two players back for about $2, 3000000 million. That gives them only about $7 million to work with, which they're probably not going to make any moves of any sorts that's going to push for that. But I do think they want to be careful and they want to enter the season with a little bit of wiggle room to give them uh, the capability to maneuver. So not going to cost the Blackhawks all that much to bring either of those two back. And like I mentioned a little bit ago, uh, I would expect something to be finalized here in the next couple of days regarding the contracts of Philip Kurashev and Caleb Jones. 
All right, there are the latest updates on the two restricted free agents that the Blackhawks will be bringing back for next season. Coming up in just a moment, I still have to get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment. All right, welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Getting into segment three now today before I wrap things up and let you go and enjoy the rest of your Mondays, I still have to get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. The first question I wanted to answer today comes from Casey Knownwalk, who emailed in the podcast over the weekend. Casey, thank you for always listening to the show. Thank you for the support, and thank you for reaching out to ask your question. Casey asked me, do you think there's any chance that we actually got the better doc with Colton and trading Kirby was maybe something positive? That's an interesting one. Um, in terms of did we get the better doc? Can Colton be better than Kirby? I do think Colton has the better offensive upside due to his shooting abilities. Um, I wasn't really all that impressed personally with Colton Doc's playmaking skills throughout the week at prospect development camp. To be fair, though, it is just that a development camp where playing with a lot of unfamiliar faces for the first time doesn't have a lot of chemistry. You always got to take that stuff with a grain of salt, right? But I wasn't impressed all that much with Colton Doc's playmaking abilities. And the other thing that goes along with that is, like Kirby, the speed isn't really a strength of his game. It's kind of just, man, and that's probably the biggest thing to worry about as a Blackhawks fan with Colton Doc is, does he have the speed to keep up and be an effective offensive player at the NHL level? In terms of his playmaking abilities, I think the speed is going to hinder him a little bit, but he definitely does have a better shot than Kirby, and I think um, he'll definitely be a better goal scorer. I don't know if he'll be the better all-around offensive player because I, I do still believe in Kirby's potential. Um, I don't know if he's going to be you know, a 60-point guy one day, but 40-50 I don't think is unreasonable whatsoever. He's still very young and just kind of getting a grasp of things at the NHL level, really. So I don't know. I don't think – it's hard for me to say because Kirby's still so young, and I know people want to judge him and grade him already. Uh, but he still has a long ways to go. So I'm probably going to say no. I honestly like Kirby's well-rounded game better than Colton's shot. Uh, I do think Kirby is the better playmaker. I know we haven't seen much out of that, but I do think Kirby's got – he's a more creative and has a better hockey IQ than Colton does. I just think he's got a ripper of a shot. He just had 30 goals, maybe 29 this past year with the Kelowna Rockets. I know he had 50 assists, but that's at the WHL level, and I am a little worried that it's not going to translate well to the NHL. So I don't know. I, I think the jury's still out on that one. Um, only time's going to Dell. But personally, I, I don't think that Colton Doc is going to be uh, the better better player of the Doc brothers. That's just my thoughts on it, though. I do agree that he has a stronger shot. I will admit that. The second question I wanted to answer here on the show today comes from uh, Victor Laurie, who I actually got to meet in person at Blackhawks Development Camp this week, which was super cool. Uh, always a pleasure to meet a longtime listener out there. So, Victor, thank you always for tuning into the show. It was really awesome to meet you. Uh, and I promised Victor that I would be answering his show or his question on the show here today. And Victor asked me straight up, who is going to be the better player, Jack? Kevin Korchinski or Frank Nazar? And man, this one is tough. And I want to say my boy Frank the Tank just because I have a little biased him already. I love the kid. Um, love what he provides. It's tough, though, because I, I really do believe in both of them. 
Um, I think I would say that Frank Nazar already has the better all-around skill set because he's got that that speed and as a forward obviously his job is different than Kevin Korchinski's as a defenseman but I think that speed as a forward is really going to help Frank Nazar's all-around game like I think he's going to be really good on the back check and even though he doesn't have the size he's going to be up in your face because of that speed and he's going to force you to make snap decisions because he's going to be on you in a hurry and then offensively I wasn't wowed by him but you can tell he thinks the game at a high level can play at a high pace good first pass instincts I think he has a lot of room to grow in terms of his whole offensive repertoire so it's tough I think Korchinski has a longer way to go defensively which for his position it means more of course um but offensively, I think there's no denying that this kid is going to be very capable in the offensive zone, can run a power play one day, has great instincts, also really knows when to jump in on a rush and help out, give his team an odd man break. And he has the speed to get back in transition, to not get caught and have his team end up in an odd man rush going the other way, not in their favor. So it's a really tough question. But if I had to guess right now, I think Frank Nazar is going to be the better player because um, – he just, I think he has the the toolkit right now, and like he has so much more room to grow because of what he's capable of. He's a great skater, um, great offensive instincts, thinks the game so fast. I mean, the hockey IQ is is so prevalent. The way that he was moving the puck with Dominic James and Landon Slagard in that scrimmage. I mean, two guys he doesn't even really have that much chemistry with before the week at all, probably. Uh, and he was creating each and every time, mostly because of the way that he was moving the puck and setting his teammates up. So I, I think there's just so much runway in particular for Frank Nazar to grow um, that I think he's probably going to be the better of the two, if I had to guess. But at the same time, if Kevin Korchinski becomes a, a capable defenseman, I mean, the way that he's able to carry the puck up the ice, six foot two, can skate like a deer. Um, he has that potential to be a game-changing defenseman. I'm not saying he we can compare him to Kale McCarr, but the skill set that he has and the way that defensemen are able to change the game nowadays with their speed, he has that type of upside as well. I just worry if he's ever going to be a good enough defender uh, to be a top-pairing type of guy. I think Frank Nazar is the safer bet. Um, they both have unreal upside. Honestly, I don't think there's a wrong decision here. Maybe my bias is playing into a little bit too because Frank the Tank, I've already dubbed him that, kind of been my boy from uh, day one since the Blackhawks drafted him. But I'd love for both of them to be stars. I, I wouldn't mind whatsoever if Kevin Korchinski winds up being the better player and the Blackhawks have two phenomenal young talents on their hands. It's been a long time since we've had something like that. So uh, can't go wrong with either one, but I, I do think Frank Nazar has – the higher upside because of the game that he already has right now. So I would have to choose him if I had to pick one. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Monday, July 18th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you all again for tuning into the show and be sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks right now, wherever you listen to your podcast and go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube if you haven't done so already, and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and tune into the Lockdown NHL podcast for all the latest news and updates all off-season long. It's free and available on all platforms, 
So be sure to go and check out Lockdown NHL right now, wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So once again, thank you for tuning into another episode of the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.